Yep, we're still here. We're still making it happen. <laughs> Considering all that's going on, right? We're still here every Monday. Happy Monday, everybody. Uh, hope you're surviving well, right? Yes, I started off right away with my friend uh, Dom Fernandez. You see him up there on the screen. My journey with MS, multiple cirrhosis, uh, a long road, and it is now available on Amazon. I talk about it every week because I want to support him. And hopefully you can uh, find a way to go and purchase this book online. It's going to support uh, the MS Society as well. And congratulations again to my friend Dom on the success so far of this book and getting it done. Here's a guy who sets a perfect example of, you think you're having a bad day, boy. Just ask somebody else about how theirs is going, right? And uh, this guy, my friend Dom, I've known for over 23, 25 years, has pushed through obstacles personally, but on getting this book done financially and other obstacles came along the way. It took over a year for it to get done, but with the help of many, um, it's now complete and online available at Amazon. I'm proud to say that uh, I was asked to write the foreword for this book as well. So uh, thanks, Dom, for that. And if you want to give back to Dom, you can go online to Amazon and look for the book, My Journey with MS, and purchase it. And again, uh, a portion of the proceeds going to the MS Society. Way to go, Dom. Awesome. Well, how else do you, how else do you start off a show on a Monday? Has this been like, I know normally, I always say happy Monday, right? Because I think most people go like, oh, Monday, right? <laughs> um, well, this has certainly been one of those Mondays, I, I guess. I, I, I've always said, um, my kids roll their eyes when I say, there's no such thing as a bad day. It's only bad moments in the day. Sometimes you have a whole bunch of those moments. <laughs> but uh, it's we're still here and we're pushing through. And I, you know, I think the community, for the most part, is doing well with I try to get through one day without saying COVID, right? It's so hard to do that. Uh, let's go to our comments out there. Carl Freeman says, happy Monday. Watching all the way from Oshawa, Ontario. Hope you're staying safe there, Carl. Uh, Danny Cachamilio, happy Monday. There's our friend Todd out there saying hello. Barry's out there. Good afternoon, David, and happy holidays. Back to you and your lovely wife as well. And yeah, Dom is an inspiration to all of us, isn't he? And uh um, I haven't even started reading the book yet, but I've gotten, it's, I know it's going to be awesome, especially the foreword, just saying. <laughs> but of course, I'm talking about the interesting announcements. I think we knew this was coming. Um, obviously, Premier Ford earlier today at one o'clock uh, announced the lockdown that's coming again. Um, I broadcast that on the uh, show with David Bros page, and, and I broadcast it on the City of Sarnia Facebook page as well. If you missed it, it's still there. Is anybody surprised? Let's go to the comments. Is anybody surprised that we're doing this again? I'm not surprised. Um, and maybe I'm a little bit guilty of, of uh, I, I know I'd like to think I did most of my part in all of this. You know, Can you honestly look back and say, you did what we were supposed to do, following the guidelines. Here we are again, right? Uh, I think we really got to think this through better than we did the first time around on this. Because if we don't, like the numbers don't lie, I guess. Is that the best way to put it? The, the numbers are real. I don't think anybody's flubbing the numbers. I don't think there's a conspiracy going on. We're all entitled to our opinion, but my opinion is I put my trust 
uh, in our government and our health officials. Now, that being said, I've had this conversation. Uh, maybe I'm being dangerous having this conversation here today, but I've had this conversation with folks. And they're like, really? You trust our government? But No, I don't believe, I don't agree with everything our government does all the time. On a municipal level, a provincial or a federal level, I don't always agree with it. I don't think you're supposed to always agree with it. But I do think that whether you voted for them or not, they were put there by the majority, and we have to put our trust in them. Um, I, I, I got to tell you, I, Carl, you're a little surprised, are you? He, Carl says he's a little surprised. Yeah, for, for, for many different reasons, I'm not surprised. Um, but I have to tell you, when I was broadcasting the premiere earlier today, and, and he was supposed to come on at 1 o'clock. And then it was delayed till 1.15. At 1.02, people started complaining, where is he? Why is he late? Where, he's out. He's, he stopped for a donut or something. Like, really? Come on. Have you ever been late for anything? <laughs> and um, if you were Doug Ford right now, I think you could probably find a whole bunch of reasons for being late. Um, I don't think he's home much quite honestly. And I just kind of went through and I thought, is this how we're thinking about all of this? Like we're, we're after somebody who's in that position and we're complaining that they're late by a couple of minutes. They were late 20 minutes. You don't even know what happened yet. I, it kind of, I'm ranting. Am I not supposed to rant on the show? Uh, it kind of angered me to see the responses that people were putting in the comments while we were waiting for the broadcast to begin. And I just thought, hmm. Well, I can't really say what I thought, <laughs> but I think you get the idea. We've got to look at this seriously, and we have got to work together. And I think that whether you voted for whoever's in office right now or not, just like whether you voted for them or not, they're working for you. I believe, I, I think that's how it is. Do we all have agendas? We've all got agendas. I think most of the time the agendas are positive. And again, I say, whether you voted for that person or not, I truly believe that they are sincerely working for all of us. It doesn't matter whether you voted for them or not. So I think this time around, if we sit back and really focus on what needs to be done here, uh, because if we don't, and this is an example of our government saying, we're not afraid to do this. We don't want to do this. We don't want to shut anybody down. You think they want to see an unemployment rate? <laughs> yeah, great way to get reelected again, right? I'm just saying, I think we really need to take this a little more serious than maybe we did the first time around. And if you already did the first time around, great. If you didn't, maybe we can look and go, well, maybe I, what could I do to do better this time around? It's, it's, it's our, it's, it's our economy. It's our, a livelihood. It's it's a lot of things, right? And every one of us is affected by this in a different way. You know, if you talk about uh, um, people waiting for surgeries, okay, minor surgeries, but it's still, it's that's not fun waiting for a surgery, even if it's a minor surgery. Talk about people in the nursing homes. Let's go back to our frontline workers again. Think about your situation and then ask somebody how they're doing. Um, I think we, we have to work hard at not being selfish. 
it's really hard sometimes because at the end of the day, when it comes right down to it, we, we want to think of ourselves first. We do things for others, that, but really, it's, it's really hard to not be selfish sometimes. And I get that. I get that. But I don't think this is the time for it. We've seen in this community in Sarnia Lampton, the first time around when we were all locked down, we've seen so many people come together to support each other in time of need. I've said it for years. Um, many people I know, including my first guest that's going to come on, I'm sure he will agree. There's so much greatness in this community. And we have to keep that alive. It's a spirit beyond Christmas that if we don't keep the spirit alive, things are going to go really, really bad. Are we missing uh, family? Yep. Um, we, were, we were supposed to, Jennifer's got family. We were supposed to go see, we we're not going to see, I'm not going to see my sister. They're in London. We're all affected by this. But if we can really tighten it up even more than we did the first time around, I truly believe we'll come out of this stronger than ever. Stronger than ever. I believe that. Um, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at all. We all need to do our part to get COVID under control and go back to a normal life. Well, I, you know, Barry, I couldn't agree with you more. Now, let's define normal. I'm not sure what that is anymore. <laughs> and if we ever get through a day without hearing the word COVID or unprecedented, that will be a good start. But I think we're away from what I think we can get there. Carl says maybe he went to a lawnmower race. Yeah, maybe. Suzanne says, don't ever feel bad for voicing common sense. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Don't feel like you're ranting when what you're saying is just common sense. People are causing their own stress. Yeah, I guess, I, you know, I typically, I, I try to stay neutral in all of this stuff. Uh, but I've been thinking about it a little bit more. And I thought, you know, maybe I maybe I should speak up a little bit more. And, and uh, uh, sometimes you take, sometimes you take flack for speaking up. Try being a politician. <laughs> uh, put yourself out there and you will be attacked. I heard a, a, um, a comment a long time ago, years ago when I was younger. Uh, so that was a few years ago. I've never forgot it though. A dog does not chase a parked car. A dog does not chase a parked car. If you're moving and you're doing something and it's good, somebody's going to try to tear you down. Likely even people that you know sometimes, right? That's the hard part. I could not even imagine being, um, well, being a politician at any time, but right now and being up there with Doug Ford, I just, I, you, nope, not enough money, thanks. So I commend uh, everybody and, and our, our chief medical officers and our, all of our medical officers, um, including locally here, uh, kudos to you for, I think, communicating regularly with the community as well to make us uh, uh, make us aware of what is happening even if yeah it, it the toughest thing about it i think is delivering the news you know people don't want to hear it's not like putting something out there and a few people go say nasty things about you you're walking up to that podium and that microphone and you know you're about to say something that most people are going to go what the really I think that's a tougher delivery <laughs> than going, oh, I didn't expect that, right? Anyway, rant over there. Um, at the end of the day, I go back to what I've been saying all along. Get your information from the horse's mouth, and it's there, lamptonpublichealth.ca, if you want to know the statistics and the numbers. 
If you've got questions, I know the people at Lampton Public Health are busy. They will respond to you. It might take some time, so be patient. Uh, the city of Sarnia has also done a great job of uh, putting up an extra page, a COVID page, if you will, to let you know what's happening locally. That's where you get your information. Um, I don't think it's it's Facebook. Sure, if it's a, if it's a, a a link that links to you know the news channel. Problem with Facebook, everybody's a journalist now, right? <laughs> so just remember to get your uh, your information from the proper sources. These are the ones I believe in. Sarnia, Lampton Public Health, again. Um, and I'll go back to last week. I don't know if anybody answered me. I think Dave Brown, who was here last week, thought I was really being silly. Do you have a favorite pen? I have a favorite pen. Tell me about your favorite pens. All right. Um, just before I move on as well, speaking of politicians, I was very happy to have uh, Marilyn Gladue here a few weeks ago. Uh, and congratulations to her as well on her new book, Tales of the Globetrot. Can't wait to get my hands on it. I might have to wait a little bit longer. Uh, she said she'll sign it for me, though. Also now available on Amazon. Congratulations, Marilyn. And uh, all the best over the holidays, right? Okay, he's waited long enough. Let's get him in here. Here's my friend, Counselor Bill Dennis. How are you? Very well, Dave. How are you? Was that a good rant? It, it, it was quite, it was excellent. I, I don't know you a second. That, that, what, what, everything you said, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounded fantastic. Especially the uh, try being a politician part, eh? Well, you know what? I you 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 know what you sign up for, and and uh, you know what? Um, uh, some days the the job is fantastic. Other days the job is like, well, what did what did I get myself into? But you know what? Um, I, I love people. I love the community, and and um, you know what? If if you um, if uh, if the heat in the kitchen is uh, too hot, then then you know what this job isn't for you. But if you genuine, genuinely love people, if you genuinely love your community, then th this job is for you. And uh, you know, um, right now, um, uh, I think uh, it's fair to say that uh, whether you're a provincial, federal, or municipal politician, two years ago, when uh, or a year ago, or a year and a half, or I guess almost three years ago, when you ran for office, you probably never in your wildest dreams would have. Uh, Imagine that you would be dealing with something like this, but that's right. life. And, uh, and uh, you know what? It it, uh, it certainly um, uh, uh, it certainly uh, uh, creates character. That's for certain. So uh, yeah, boy, yeah. didn't see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not at all. Well, um, let's talk about your reasons. I I mean, I know you know. I we've known of each other, you know, from a distance for a while, but we've sort of you know been seeing uh, getting to know each other a little better. We actually played baseball. I, I don't want to. I was going to say decades ago, uh, um, but we actually played baseball years ago uh, for the Sarnia Township uh, tight. Yeah, so, yeah. I forgot about that. You met the last time we met. You mentioned that. Yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah. oh crap! I forgot about. Yeah, we were like what twelve. Uh, I, I, it could have been. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk about you becoming a counselor, uh, Bill. You know, you sort of, I don't think it's any secret how much you love this community. I mean, if you go on Facebook and look around, you've done a great job at promoting this community. And we'll talk about that. But when you decide to become a politician, especially, you know, you're, you're, you're married and, and, and you have to have those conversations sure. about, hey, honey, I want to do this thing. Did anybody try to talk you out of it? Um. No, I, I, well, my brother-in-law, um, I, he ran for MP, um, back in 2015. I, I saw what he went through. He worked really, really hard. Um, he, he actually took a year sabbatical from his work 
and he worked his tail off campaigning, uh, um, knocking on doors. I, I saw what he went through. And, and uh, uh, you know, I, I've always been, uh, I've always been a fan of politics. Um, I, I had a very, very influential teacher in high school, a gentleman by the name of Ken Manuel. Um, he passed away actually uh, while I was in high school. He was a really, really influential history and law teacher. He, he, his field trips were famous. As a matter of fact, there's a, a teacher right now locally by the name of Blake, Blake Morrison, who's like that now with his students too as well. Takes his, he's very, very involved with his, his students and and, um, and and gets them very, very excited about uh, learning and, and history and politics and that kind of stuff. And, and this gentleman, Mr. Manuel, he was like that with me. And, and boy, oh boy, did he ever light a fire underneath me. So I've always had this uh, political bug. And, and, and I got to say, David, um, I had a, a life experience. My sister passed away at the age of 31. And uh, that was a bit of an epiphany for me. And, uh, you know, like um, when she passed away, uh, she was a bad diabetic. Uh, she lost her eyesight. She had her left leg amputated. And when that happened, uh, you know, you realize that life is short. And you realize that, that you know what, um, you know, I didn't want to be remembered for uh, the number of uh, bungalows I sold. I wanted to be remembered for kind of the things I, I the impact I had on people's lives. Right. And that's when I kind of thought to myself, you know what, I've always had a dream of, you know, public service and, and making an impact on people's lives. And that's eventually, uh, uh, you know, um, I was getting towards a certain age and I thought, you know what, um, there's no better time than the present and this is what I'm going to do. And so I did it. Well, and um, kudos to you. You've been doing a great job from, from what I've observed so far. And, you know, certainly challenges along the way, sure. um, aside from uh, what we're dealing with right now. Um, one of the things I noticed about you uh, in the community is uh, taking a negative and turning it into a positive. I'm not even talking politics right now. Well, I'm not even talking about you being a counselor. We, we, we've seen you go out there and support local restaurants. Uh, one that recently, you know, had to close down because of, uh, I forget the technical term, but I guess food poisoning. Sure. And you were like one of the first there to go and support them and say, hey, here's some food. I'm buying some uh, gift cards. Come on down down here. That's, that's fantastic. Well, thank you. You know, David, um, my mom and dad were small business owners. Um, I saw what it was like uh, being raised by a family that, uh, by a small uh, business family. Um, my mom worked at the small business. Uh, us as kids worked at the small business, uh, you know, in, in a capacity. We delivered flyers. We did odd jobs that my dad would have us do. Um, so I, I was there for the ups and the downs and, and you know, like uh, we were going to go on vacation and we had to cancel the vacations because, uh, you know, businesses weren't, uh, or business wasn't good. Um, different things. Uh, you know, I, I saw I saw some pretty lean times and I, I saw the effects it had on my parents. So uh, I, I look at it from a, a different, uh, sometimes different um, um, uh, lenses. And when I see that, I, I'm very, very um, um, sympathetic to small businesses. Um, you know, these these people are just trying to earn a living. They're trying to put uh, uh, food on their family's tables or they're trying to put uh, uh, sh uh, roofs over their heads. And uh, they're the backbone of our, of our economy, backbone of our community. They, you know, they sponsor uh, teams. They, 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 I like to highlight uh, on my social media page the donations they make. They, con they contribute to our community. They really are the backbone of our community. They're our friends. They're our neighbors. Uh, you know, they're, they're good, decent people, and, and I, I, I really want to see them succeed. They succeed. We all succeed. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more on that. Um, now, you, you talk about your backgrounds in real estate, right? 
So how did how did uh, how did you fit into this? being a politician or getting into politics uh, do you have any background in politics off off the record or you know i uh, the, the segue was was pretty uh easy actually uh you know in real estate you're dealing with people uh you know a lot of it's uh networking and uh, uh, you know solving problems uh the, the similarities are very very uh, um very very similar the the differences of course you're not trying to ask for people's money and in politics, I guess the, the, uh, um, I, I really, really enjoy uh, getting out with, uh, you know, like um, I've recently uh, retired from real estate. Um, I, I, um, I, but I enjoy getting out. Um, I'm a very active person. Um, um, the old uh, adage with being a counselor, I guess it depends on how you define the role. But, you know, I, I wanted the role to be more than just having a meeting every three weeks and maybe serving on a committee. I wanted to physically get out there and try to make a difference, and 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 uh, I just I wanted to promote local businesses. I wanted to, to highlight people in the community. Um, you know, like like we, we talked about COVID earlier. Well, COVID is contagious, no question. But so is generosity, kindness, mm. and and uh, and um, and positivity. And and uh, and I'll tell you, we, and I don't need to tell you this or, or your your listeners um, or your viewers rather, but we live in a pretty fantastic community. And and yeah. um, you know. Um, when I talk to local small business owners, they're overwhelmed by the uh, the support they've received. And and as you know, I think you've talked to some folks that have started some fantastic uh, uh, social media clubs that, that that are very very positive that promote um, and assist uh, uh, small businesses. Uh, there's one one club uh, um, that has twelve thousand members. And and uh, and and I'll tell you, when I speak to some of these uh, local businesses, that that particular club alone. Has has uh, uh, helped some of these small businesses tremendously, and, and there's other other clubs too as well. There was one formed at Halloween, and there's one there's one formed right now yep. for uh, Christmas time too as well. We have a tremendous community. We have a, a, a fantastic community, and and um, our, knowing what I know, city on uh, city council, believe me, our best days are ahead of us. We have a lot of stuff on the go right now. Once we get over this uh, hump with uh, COVID, uh, we have an awful lot to look forward to. Um, there's a lot of exciting times ahead of us, and I'm 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 thrilled. Uh, like I say, I I, I I I think a person could leave Sarnia and come back in five years, maybe ten years, and they would, they would marvel at all the changes that are going to take place. We we uh, we have some a lot, an awful lot of stuff to be uh, excited about, no question. Well, we don't want them to leave though. No, 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 I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. I've never left. I never left. I've been here all my life. I went away for a summer, but that was just a fun summer away. But uh, I've never really left, so I've seen so much change happen here in Sarnia, uh, and and I, I'd say Lambton County, Sarnia Lambton, um, and the growth is there's still so much room for that growth here. And um, are, are we going to see? Are these? And I, I know there's probably only so much you can say, Bill, but are, are these creative ideas that were forced because of COVID that we're going to see? I, I definitely. Um, there's there's some things brewing, obviously, before COVID. Um, a, a lot of things brewing, but you know what? Um, with with what's happened with uh, COVID too, as well. Like like um, we have some some fantastic people that are that are uh, working at City Hall. That, are, that uh, you know, like we've had some turnover, of course. We've uh, some fantastic people have come in to City Hall that are that are from different communities that have some things that, that we don't have, and they're, and they're they're coming in with their ideas, and and uh, you know, like like um, we're thinking outside of the box, and um, and there's uh, there's a lot of uh, energy. There's some new energy, and 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 you just feel it. You can see it. 
And um, and and with COVID, like I say, uh, uh, we we understand that when it's over with, we got to pick ourselves up by the bootstraps, and we have to, uh, uh, you know, and and with what's taking place with uh, with you know with uh, other outside influences too as well, we realize that we have to kind of um, uh, you know maybe change some of the way we've been doing things in the past, uh, and and uh, and and reinvent ourselves a little bit. And we're, there's no question, um, you know, we're going to be doing that. And um, uh, like I said, there's going to be some some That's very great. very positive things happening. Are you surprised by uh, the Ford government, uh, Ontario government's announcement today that we're going uh, back into lockdown? Um, not, no, I, it, uh, um, it's not. A, uh, the, the premier wasn't in a very enviable uh, position. I, I'm sure <laughs> he was probably the last person. Well, I, it's 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 not a very uh, you know, it, it was a, probably a decision that he didn't want to have to make. Um, I'm sure that, um, you know, like, like he, he, he really had no choice given the, the numbers throughout the province and that, like you see what's happening in the United States, um, you know, like uh, like we didn't want that to happen here. Um, let, let's face it, uh, like like um, we really don't have a, an economy if, if uh, people are ill and, and sick and that sort of thing. Um, I, I'm a very, very strong um, proponent of small businesses as, as you noted, or like I yep. uh, uh, like I say, I, after this is over with, I'm sure people are going to, uh, that's going to be a discussion about how it was handled and all that sort of thing. But um, the thing is, is, is I, given what's taking place, I, I, I think that, um, I, again, there's much smarter people than me, uh, you know, uh, that, that looking at numbers and making decisions uh, with respect to, uh, uh, you know, hospitals and, and uh, you know, what the, the case counts and all that kind of stuff. But, but uh, you know, we, I know that the last, you uh, couple days locally we had you know 20 cases one day another 20 cases the other day um you know like i say it, it especially with the holidays coming up now from a, a lockdown perspective with businesses obviously it couldn't happen at the worst time like uh boxing day yeah. was big sales and the, you know with restaurants and, and uh, bars uh new year's eve is a big time obviously too as well but um the, like i say uh, um it's unfortunate but um you had mentioned earlier uh, in, in your uh, your opening monologue there my, my wife's um, uncle, um, he was the youngest of, uh, I'm sorry, the oldest of seven kids. Uh, he passed away um, uh, in early the early 1940s in World War II. Uh, he was raised during the Depression. And a lot of his friends, people he grew up with, passed away in, 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 the, early, in the early 40s during World War II. That generation had it pretty bad. So, like, um, you know, if, if, if uh, this is our generation's... Um, if this is, uh, you know, what we have to deal with, then, you know, like um, when I was raised, when I was being, you know, brought up in a studying history, I thought perhaps that we might have to deal with something, you know, uh, far worse than this. If this is what we have to deal with, um, you know, um, uh, you know, um, so be it. But like I say, I, it's not inevitable. Uh, like, I don't like it. Um, you don't like it. Um, you know, uh, the, no one likes it. Um, you know, like, like being in the position I am, I've talked to, to a lot of business owners. I, I've actually talked to people that have lost people uh, because of COVID, and yep. and, and uh, no one likes no one likes the position we're in. Uh, and and uh, you know, the, the premier, uh, uh, you know, he campaigned on a platform of being pro business, and and you know, Ontario is open for business and that sort of thing. But believe me, I I I, I think that he hates this. Uh, well, he's a businessman himself, right? So yeah, exactly, yeah, definitely. So no one likes this, but but uh, one thing's for certain is 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 uh, we all have to do what we can to get back to normal. And once we get back to normal, then we got to, you know, um, get, get things going again. That's we got to not be selfish for a while, I think. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and let's, 
helping each other out. But yeah, you're right. You talk about the community, uh, even just downtown Sarnia. There was, I know, there was a tattoo shop that, yeah, um, uh, it was was burglarized, or whatever, and they all came together and supported. And it's been a really creative time as well. Um, Bill, I got to let you go here in just a moment and move on. But before you do, um, what what's next for uh, Bill Dennis? Uh, you know what? I just want to keep on being the, doing the best job I can for the, the citizens of Sarnia Lambton. Um, I want to, um, you know, do everything I can. Every every day I get up, David, I I'm just so happy that I can serve them. I I, I, I when I get uh, get dressed, I just think of my think to myself, what can I do today? What can I do today to make a difference? And I'll tell you, nothing makes me happier when I get messages from these businesses saying because of that post you made, I had people come in my restaurant or my business that had never been here before. And because of that, uh, I made a sale today or I picked up some new customers. That just makes my day. And and I, I think, wow, that, that's great. I, and, and anything I can do like that. So I'm just going to, day by day, I'm going to do the best I possibly can. And who knows what the future will hold. Um, you know, I, I love what I do. I love serving people. And, and uh, anything I can do to, to make the city or uh, Sarnia Lampton uh, better, uh, I, I, I'd like to do. Um, you know, so... Oh, you're doing it, and I think one of your best qualities that's uh, observable is uh, your sincereness to the community. So thank you for that, Bill. But and th thank you very much for asking me to come on your show. I, I sincerely appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome, and you're welcome back anytime. Reach out to me anytime, and we'll have a chat. And uh, all the best to you and Janice and the family over the holidays. And, and Merry Christmas to you, and uh, and Merry Christmas to everybody that's watching. Thank you. Thanks, Bill. Councillor Bill Dennis uh, taking some time to join us here today. He said he's grateful. I'm grateful that he took the time. Uh, I don't know what took me so long to have him here, but um, I think we could probably have him back uh, on a regular basis to talk to. And uh, I meant that too, a very sincere individual. I've, I've been able to get to know him a little better uh, over the years. And, uh, um, you know, we need that, that sincerity in our community, <clears throat> right? And uh, as Bill mentioned, he is also a very uh, huge supporter of small business and, uh, uh, some things are brewing. So, hmm, tease, tease, tease. That's always good, right? Thanks again, Bill. All right. Well, we're going to go out into the community now, talk to my friend Sean Schramm, who is a BPD advocate. And we're going to talk about what that is in just a moment. Sean, how you doing? Good. How are you doing? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I hear you loud and clear, my friend. It's been uh, it's been some time, probably since the uh, start of COVID, since we really, we've been texting a little bit here and there. Um, but, uh, how's things in your world with all of this right now? I try to keep things in perspective and, um, I try to worry only about my own household or immediate family. And then I try not to get too political, too caught up in the political, yeah, the of COVID and all that. Right. You're, uh, well, you and I have known each other for a few years now, but, uh, really got to know you as a musician. Are you still, and you're still writing songs and putting things together? Yeah, I uh, just released, um, a, written and released a new song. Uh, it is on YouTube, and I'm using it as a platform to um, raise awareness and stop the stigma of mental health, but more specifically borderline personality disorder, which I also um, suffer through. With. Okay. I, yeah, I... Um... Oh, it's, is it, it's, it's, it's BPD. I got it backwards there. I don't know why I did that. Let me fix that. <laughs> um, but it's, uh, um, that's one of my disorders, maybe. <laughs> but, uh, when I first read about BTP, um, I, I right away 
jumped in my head was bipolar disorder. Maybe that's why I got it backwards there, but it's, it's, it's not explain what borderline personality disorder is. Yeah. So um, it's funny you brought that up. What I'll, what I can do to save some time, I'll go through their nine symptoms and a person has to form or has to have at least five out of nine for a formal diagnosis from All a right. doctor. I'm not a doctor or expert, but I'm an expert with, of, I'd say of suffering from it and can um, help um, relay the message. So the nine symptoms, and again, you'd, they'd have to meet at least five for the formal diagnosis. Uh, first one, emotional dysregulation, which can include intense episodic emotional anguish, irritability and anxiety or panic attacks. Uh, two, ineffective episodes of anger is the least judgmental way I could put it. There's a lot of stigma with that. Um, three, chronic feelings of emptiness, such as feeling like there's always a void, no matter what they do, such as myself, whatever we do or consume, it's hard to feel fulfilled. So usually we go like on a spiritual, usually there's some spirituality in there as part of the healing on okay. top of, on top of the, um, therapy, uh, history has shown and from books, uh, for self-sabotaging um self-sabotaging such as ex excessive spending dangerous or toxic relationships that can be platonic romantic or sexual drug or alcohol abuse eating disorder behavior such as binge eating anorexia things like that uh five a history of oh a bit of a, a warning um this is a little tense uh for anybody watching a history of recurrent suicidal behaviors, gestures, threats, or self-mutilation such as cutting or hitting oneself, and any other impulsive behavior that makes a person with BPD right. a harm to themselves. Uh, six, uh, this is really common, a persistent, unstable self-image or sense of self or perception of self. A layman way to put that is, in a group of people, like say, like I love music. So when I'm with a group of musicians, I like blend right in like a chameleon. But when I'm by myself and I like, especially during a pandemic and I'm social isolating, my sense of identity goes away without a group. So the, no strong sense of identity um, by being by yourself. Right. Uh, um, then seven, um, this is where um, it doesn't always show because, so seven is situational paranoia or like a dissociation, uh, derealization or depersonalization. That's kind of like when you feel like, uh, like when you reality test, it's calling like when you, you know, say I'm, I'm sitting on this couch, I can tell I'm on this couch, but the, um, it can be a sense of like you're in a movie, you're watching a movie and it's, yeah. it's kind of like you're on, that's actually where borderline comes from in BPD. It's like the border of reality and neurosis. Um, and uh, that's usually during situational stress, like during interpersonal distress or disagreements um and includes um splitting or all or nothing thinking 
such a, um, which goes into, uh, where is it? I have notes. Uh, yeah, so splitting is, say I go on, I, I, it's never happened with you. <laughs> um, you're a great person, but say I did get into a intense disagreement with you. At that moment, you're all of a sudden more, it's like villain to hero and then hero to villain. Right. And, this, and this can happen throughout a single day or a couple of days. Oh. Um, especially if, and so it happens more with closer relationships like family or uh, romantic relationships. Sometimes at work too, because you're closely working together. Right. Um, so yeah, that's that all or nothing black and white thinking. Um, eight. Um, yeah, so this is where that ties into emotional impulsive relationships that alternate between idealizing the person, they're like a hero, and devaluing, they're like a villain all of a sudden due to that situational stress in the relationship. And nine, this is the rationalization for most of those uh, other eight symptoms and other behavior relating to that. Frantic efforts to avoid real or imagined abandonment and rejection. Like I said, uh, that's a rationalization for the other eight symptoms to a person with BPD. That's a rationalization. I'm behaving this way because I'm perceiving uh, this threat, which I'll get into as well. Um, and then other impulsive behavior related to that, such as if you're in an argument with a person or a loved, like a loved one, um, to avoid rejection, we may tell the person what they want to hear just so they calm down or don't to cut us out of their life or things like that and other ineffective relationship behavior were like that. Uh, yeah, those so, are the, go ahead. So no, I was just say that's quite a list there. You say you got to meet five of those, but um, let me ask you this as you, you've already, you know, said out loud that you're affected by this. Um, how did you, how did you come around to this? How do you, you know, I've done a lot of discussions with uh, professionals, uh, in the mental health world. And one of the things we often talk about is, you know, the awareness of, of, of others observing you. Uh, when I, I don't just mean you, I mean, how do we recognize something's going on in another person? And how did you come to the conclusion that you have borderline personality disorder? I, uh, uh, so the most important uh, part, uh, that's a great question, is um, being very open with your doctor, um, getting to know this information. Um, uh, two red flags is either, um, so like one of those nine traits was uh, the situational paranoia, where it doesn't always show. And so um, one example, which is on one of those links I sent you, um, about one of the most accurate, um, it's one of the most accurate articles about BPD. Um, they talk about how a person with schizophrenia, for example, could be on an island alone and all their um, symptoms show no matter what. Now, so, and then in, um, the opposite, or a person with BPD, on the other hand, could be on a per, um, that same island alone, and the symptoms might not show until other people show up on that island, and then there's that interpersonal, there's the red flag, the interpersonal intensity 
uh, between others, um, which was the red flag to the psychiatrist I seen at the hospital I ended up in. Uh, he had the other, I had um, the other symptoms, but he said, because like, for example, with depression, there is the suicidal behavior and ideation, right? Right. Uh, so a red flag for BPD, it, I'm not saying it's the nail in the coffin, but this is what the psychiatrist said. The nail in the coffin was my history of intense relationships within family and romantic. Right. Um, so if, so yeah, you could have anxiety and depression or symptoms related to that. But if the person also has intense relationships with others, that's a good indicator or good, like a red flag. And yeah. I'm glad you brought up um, bipolar um, because the difference is, so bipolar, yes, they have the mood swings, but their mood swings last from say weeks. So like a depressive episode could last weeks to months. And then uh, the manic episode is weeks to months where with, with BPD, the emotional intensity in the episodes can last from a few minutes to a few hours to only a couple days as opposed to weeks and months. Do you oh, see the okay. difference? Yep. So how have you then, uh, what's the, uh, um, how do you deal with it then? Is it medication? Is it, uh, um, you know, uh, counseling or a combination? How, how, at least for you anyway, how have you been handling it? Yes. Um, so dialectical behavioral therapy uh, is the most effective therapy currently. Um, usually medicinally, um, like a medication is more for um, other related symptoms. So symptoms of depression and anxiety are usually coexisting with it. Um, so that's usually where the um, medicine um, takes place. Uh, now, dialectical behavioral therapy, it teaches dialectics. And what this is, is the acceptance of two contradicting things being correct or accurate at the same time. And um, which is very common with a person with BPD, because while they're trying to avoid or avoid real or imagined abandonment or rejection at the same time, they're very aware they need to make a behavioral adjustment. It's a little embarrassing. They know, you know what I mean? They have this, yeah. this um, disorder where, yes, I, I need help changing, but at the same time, yeah, I, I need to be accepted that I have this condition at the same time. It's, yeah, well, there's, uh, uh, there's, there's stigma that goes along with all of this, right? And I know that's one of the reasons we're talking here today you know you, there's a you're trying to create awareness for bpd um and you're using your musical talents to do that talk about the uh, uh i've got i've shared some of these links uh folks that if you want to find out more uh wherever you're watching from whether it's youtube or facebook we're on twitter as well there's the links uh, that we've posted and we're going to post in just a moment a, a music video that you created talk about that uh, yeah, so I had this song written, like the music part to it written forever. And um, I am i didn't know what to put behind it. And, you know, COVID was happening. And, you know, COVID, although it's um, not a great thing, it's also, it was an, also an opportunity for 
me to push me to write psalms and i happen to be just got this diagnosis and it's about the only thing i know like the back of my hand that i could write about and so i tried to fit the nine symptoms within a song format as best as possible well you did a you did a good job of it there i've I, again i i've i've followed your uh, musical career for several years now and you've always uh, you've always got a story to tell. I mean, I know that's what music's about, but yours, you really get into uh, a very personal side of you and your music and what's affected you. And this time, uh, you know, you're about the BPD. Um, and uh, folks, we've posted there on uh, Facebook and YouTube now is the, the link available. We'll be sure to, uh, later in the week, I'll repost it again too as well. But um, this creative side of you, this, th does the music help with BPD and you as well? Yeah, so it's like a um, like just another thing, like a, a musical therapy. So I can get lost in the music I play or listen to, and um, that is, um, um, yeah, part of a self care checklist I look after. And that's in dialectical behavioral therapy. They teach you those kind of skills too. Um, I just happen to already have that skill. Right, right, and I, and you're good at it as well. Um, where are you now? I know you had, uh, you'd, you'd, you'd kind of been moving around a little bit, but uh, where have you got your feet planted these days? Yeah, I uh, finally managed to land an apartment uh, in Sarnia all by myself and uh, just uh, trying to get through this uh, pandemic. Very good. Well, we'll have to, when we can, uh, catch up in, in person and, and uh, tell stories and lies and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. I was curious, uh, I know we're running late, if I could go You're through okay. a list of common myths and uh, with facts um, to... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, de uh, bust those myths. Uh, so myth number one, um, people, um, uh, people with BPD, this is a myth, are, uh, they say, are sociopathic, psychopathic, narcissistic, which is oh. wrong because none of the, if you remember earlier, none of those are the nine symptoms. Um, right. And uh, sociopaths, psychopaths, or narcissists, they have a strong um, self-image and a lack of empathy, which is the complete opposite of any of uh, two or three of those nine traits, uh, much like intense, the intense emotional range of people with BPD. Um, they, I actually, in my experience, we have overactive empathy. For example, when um, we can't tell the difference between our feelings and someone else's, like if you're sad, it's like, that's my sadness. And again, that's like that um, oh. chameleon blending in. Um, um, was that a metaphor? Anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, another common myth is um, we are manipulative, which is wrong. Um, because the definition of that is to handle or control something or someone in a skillful expert manner. Well, that takes uh, being an expert in planning and interpersonal skills, again, which is the complete opposite of a person with BPD who is impulsive and has unstable and usually unsuccessful interpersonal interactions with others. Right, right. So if that's unsuccessful. Um, if we are manipulative, we're not very good at it. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> um, 
yeah, I laugh about that because it's just such a silly and hurtful uh, myth that um, just by that explanation, it's so wrong. Um, there, another myth is we're untreatable and we don't want help. Again, uh, it's more treatable actually than bipolar and depression combined uh, with a success rate of seven out of eight people. And the one out of eight people who um, aren't uh, don't uh, aren't treated well or um, um, isn't treated um, effectively by it. It's due to um, they might have more serious underlying issues um, or uh, things come up like a pandemic. Right? right. <laughs> Can't really go through. Uh, so it's the one out of eight is nothing to focus on. Like seven out of eight people. Yeah, that's uh, pretty good. And the thing with not want, don't want help. No, we want help. We're just sometimes not confident. It's such a complex disorder that we don't know there is help or we're not confident. Right. It right. will help. Well, and that's why we're talking here today and, and glad we could bring you on, Sean. And, uh, but you seem like you're doing very well yourself and that's good to see. Um, and I'm, I'm glad you reached out to, to talk to me about this and happy to have you here. And folks, again, we just posted the link on Facebook and YouTube to check out Sean's new song. And um, any final thoughts before I wrap up and let you go? Yeah, yeah I had a, uh, just a couple more myths. <laughs> sure, go ahead. Um, yeah, well, um, so a myth, we're attention seekers. No, we actually get enough negative attention from the stigma that we don't need to look for any more attention. Uh, BPD is a choice, is a myth. Uh, now science, and it, which is in that one YouTube link about BPD, uh, science is now showing people with BPD um, have an overactive fear response. So me and you could look at the same picture of a face and perceive it differently. I could perceive it as a threat where someone without BPD sees it as neutral, for example. So there's a biological, um, there is a biological factor. Um, BPD, they say BPD is more of a, is only a female disorder, which is just sexist and judgmental. <laughs> uh, recent right. studies show that 14 million people suffer from BPD, uh, wow. which is up from 7 million from a couple years ago. Um, can't be independent. Uh, no, the fact is we can be independent if we're given the right experienced doctors or doctors who are not prejudiced uh, with up against BPD because they fuel the stigma too. Um, we talked about BPD versus bipolar. And uh, let's see. Um, people with no history of abuse or neglect are still vulnerable to the diagnosis. Okay. Unfortunately. And. And uh, it's in my psychiatrist experience, he's been in it for 20 to 30 years, that people with BPD are more accepting and actually relieved by the diagnosis uh, because it's such so complex and it's usually misdiagnosed. So by the time they get the diagnosis, it's a relief. And it's usually the family members or loved ones who are more in denial and judgmental, okay. unfortunately. That's his experience. And a final thought is um, some good unbiased, accurate books are 
borderline personality disorder demystified. Um, a very popular book, I Hate You, Don't Leave Me, which it basically um, that says BBD in one sentence. <laughs> it was very titled. Um, um, and uh, Loving Someone with BPD is the best book for loved ones who have children or uh, partners with um, BPD. And stay away from online BPD forums like on Reddit and because they're just full of uh, judgmental people and people who play victims of who have loved ones with BPD. It's Don't get me started. <laughs> Well, you've certainly done your homework in all of this and uh, very thorough. And I appreciate uh, you coming on here to talk about it and share that. This is just one of the steps towards uh, stomping the stigma, I like to say. Right. So thank you, Sean, for that. And uh, we've shared the links, folks, on our Facebook and YouTube again. And we'll uh, later in the week, we'll be resharing them again to make sure that the word gets spread out there. Sean, thank you so much, my friend. And uh, I hope you get some joy over the holidays and we'll look forward to when we can get together and, uh, and hang out one-on-one uh, -on -one in person again. Uh, yes, uh, on behalf of, uh, I'd like to speak on behalf of all people suffering from BPD and their families, please um, share this segment and uh, those links. Uh, this is a very trying time during a pandemic and Merry Christmas everyone and to you, Dave. Very good, take care my friend. Uh, my friend, Sean Schramm there, sharing about borderline personality disorder and uh, lots of information there. And as his request, sounds like it would be a nice Christmas gift if we just shared this all around to create some more awareness about, uh, about the disorder we were just talking about there. So thanks again, Sean. Appreciate that. And we'll look forward to having him back uh, anytime. Merry Christmas. Yes. That's a Mary. Oh, it's autocorrect, right? I spell wrong things wrong all the time, but we know what you meant. Thanks, Carl. Watching from Oshawa. You be safe out there. And all of you, you heard me kind of rant a little bit earlier. We've got to buckle down in the lockdown and wear the masks, social distance, do things right. Otherwise, we're going to be back here again. And nobody, I mean, nobody wants that. All right. And uh, besides, thanks to all of you for watching. I always take the time to say thank you to all my supporters here on Signs SWO. A part of AG Event Graphics. Thank you from day one of their support uh, here on the show. Active Ears Hearing Center, where better hearing begins with you. Thank you, Christine Fiji. Uh, Barry and his team at Hughes Intelligence, security specialists, been great supporters for a long time here. Joe's Discount Tires, still time to get those. You don't need all season tires. You need winter tires, right? Our good friends at Oswald's Diner, <clears throat> great supporters here as well. And of course, recently labeled as, and this is a good label, Sarnia's favorite restaurant, Philly Cheese Jake's. My friend Jake Chersky there, congratulations to him and thanks to all of you for all of your support here as well. And like I said, thanks to all of you for watching. I'll be back next week, we'll talk again. In the meantime, um, just a quick announcement, I will be doing a Christmas Eve show. That's right, about 7.30 p.m. on Christmas Eve. Um, <clears throat> cuddle up in front of your iPhone or your iPad or the TV or wherever you watch from. And we're going to have some local musicians. We're still kind of putting it all together. It's last minute, but we're going to have a uh, Christmas Eve music show for you to watch and some other special guests in there as well. So we hope you'll be able to uh, take some time out in Christmas Eve to watch that. You'll just keep an eye on the Facebook page. We'll have all the details coming up uh, later today and tomorrow as well. Thanks again to all of you. That's all the time I've got for you this week. Have a great week and an even better weekend. And of course, 
Merry Christmas. I'll see you next time right here on the show. Bye for now.